Uh, we're moving into our movie review now. We're moving into our movie review, which this week is a film called Luca. We teased it earlier. Luca. Um, it's Disney and Pixar. This is their 24th film. Hard to believe that they only have made 24 films, but also then when you look at the list, you're like, wow, this is a crap load of films. Um, and pretty much anytime I try to name all 24, I leave one or two out of the list. So it's like, it's it's getting to be a pretty big list, but we're talking about Luca. It is my turn to synopse and to kick us off on the review. Luca is a Disney and Pixar film. It can only be found on Disney+. Plus. This is uh, similar to Soul. They released it without premiere access. You can just stream it. It's included in your subscription. Um, this is also the first Pixar film to be created entirely remotely. Entirely remotely. Um, I know... Uh, Raya, I think, was the same way with Disney Animation Studios, but this is the first Pixar film to be created entirely remotely. And the basic premise of this movie is that it's about sea monsters in the Italian Riviera, you know, these like coastal cities in Italy. And there is a, a town called Porto Rosso that is like a heavy fishing town. You know, they're a port town back in the day. It's I find it hard to get a grip on like what era this movie is in it's like almost like i don't know like 60s 70s or something like that yeah that part is hard because you know europe has so much uh so like america we we always forget is still one of the youngest uh, nations uh, around but you you go to europe and you're like this is I've not been to Europe, but I've heard uh, you you get just all of uh, this history. You're, you're walking into a, a, a time warp that's elegant and current and past, and it's all of the eras. So, yeah, picking a time that this came from, I don't know. I don't know that it's that specific. It's like or they had record players. They did. But they yep. had Vespas, and they looked kind of nice. And, like, they had some things but not others. So it's like, I don't know. I was kind of keying in on, like, that – very broad window of like 50s, 60s, 70s, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. And maybe it's like, um, what, what is it in Big Hero 6 that they call it? Um, San Francisco. San Francisco. Fran- is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if it's similar to that, uh, as far as era. Sorry, I cut you off uh, like an hour ago. No, so. no, no. It's fine. I was, I was appealing for help there on the era. But okay. Basically, <laughs> it's, uh, takes place somewhere in that range. Maybe. Who knows? I don't know. And this, uh, there's, these sea monsters who live underwater in, uh, you know, outside of this town in the Italian Riviera. And they, when they come on land, they turn into people and they, they look exactly like human beings. And so basically our protagonist, Luca gets a taste of the, uh, the, the land world and what it's like to be a human and, and sort of falls in love with it, uh, much to the chagrin of his parents and is sort of stuck in this battle where like he wants to, be able to experience the things on land, but he doesn't want to upset his parents and um, that, you know, that's basically the premise they, they, he makes friends and that's uh, kind of where our story kicks off. Yes. So that's Luca. All right, let's dive into it. Let's start as we always do with our acting superlatives. The first one is, and the Oscar goes to, which goes to our best actor in the film, um, in, which in this case would be voice actors. Obviously my Oscar is going to, Mr. Jacob Tremblay, Jacob Tremblay, um, who was in the movie Room and uh, did an incredible job in that movie with Brie Larson and is a is a budding star for sure. He's been cast in tons of things, but this he plays our protagonist, Luca Paguero, 
and I thought he did a really excellent job. I thought he had a very, um, very natural voice acting feel. You could tell that there was, you know, we always talk about it with voice acting. Sometimes you, you feel like people are just getting behind the mic and talking. You didn't get that feel with Jacob Tremblay at all. Um, you know, he created a character. He, he built it from the ground up. You could hear his childlike apprehension behind the microphone, you know, in, and watching it just come out of this character created a very lifelike experience. Um, I thought it was veteran level voice acting from Mr. Yes. Tremblay. I thought he was stellar and um, it just solidifies my, my thoughts that this kid is an absolute star and will continue to, to be a, a force in this industry um, as he gets older. So Jacob Tremblay is, is my winner for his portrayal of Luca. That is perfect. Um, I also chose Mr. Jacob Tremblay. If you haven't seen a film with him in it, you are in for a ride because he is out of this world, out of this world. I think that in this movie, he has shown just another level uh, of himself because when you see an actor on screen, you can you can get lost in, in everything they're doing and just know that everything they're doing collectively works and they're successful at all of it together. In this one, we're specifically hearing the, t- the timber in his voice, the emotional inflection in his voice, how he, he expresses his vowels and his T's to the emotion that he's, he's expressing at any moment. And that kind of granular granular level for a kid his age, an actor at his level uh, of his career, it's unmatched. It's unmatched. We're going to see this kid nominated for an Oscar. He may have already been nominated for Best Supporting from Room. I think Room. he was. Yeah, I think yeah. He was. Yeah, this is the kid who was in Room with Brie Larson, her Academy Award winning performance. Uh, is just unmatched. And there are so many wonderful little things that he does that that just aren't like in your face uh mm-hmm. that are also kind of make it kind of special his performance in this yeah it, you know what i was just thinking about we talked about him when we talked about dr sleep yes do you remember he was in that movie very very briefly yeah. and spoiler alert if you haven't seen dr sleep put earmuffs on for the next 10 seconds he gets violently murdered <laughs> yes <laughs> and that scene is so shocking and, and so intense and it's like the most intense scene in the movie and it's because he does such an insanely good job they said that during that performance he was like the other actors were shook by how realistic of a performance he gave in that scene it's this dude is next level seriously way beyond his years in terms of skill and uh yes. yeah like kirk said gonna continue to to uh rack up the awards i'm sure all right, we're moving on to Scene Stealer, which is our you know our breakout performance, our surprise performance, someone who um, really stole the show, as as it, as the term implies. And I'm going with Jack Dylan Grazer, who plays Alberto, and Alberto is Luca's best friend. He he is also a sea monster, but Luca first encounters him um, in sea monster form as he's just like. He's like scuba diving in the suit and he thinks he's a human. And then Luca watches awestruck as he just sort of casually walks onto land and then walks back in. And Luca, this is like shattering Luca's entire reality. He's like, what are you doing? And he soon just becomes totally enthralled with the whole aura that this, this character Alberto gives off. And Jack Dylan Grazer, who, um, 
I believe was in Shazam. That's as, right. That's as right. The best friend, or is he the? Yeah, the best friend slash foster brother. Yeah, the best friend slash foster brother, um, who is who is like the his counterpart and and sidekick, mm-hmm. um, but he does such an incredible job creating this aura. I think the character design did a lot of the work here um, for sure. Like the character design was great. I loved how his eyelids were always like half closed, like giving that cool guy kind of vibe. And, uh, but the, the, the voice acting was impeccable here. I really loved it. I thought that his jokes, his, his like dry delivery and sense of humor was hilarious. I thought that the energy that he brought, because he's supposed to be this really like, kind of crazy off the off the chain like we'll do anything like they're like riding vespas off ramps that are balanced on a turtle's back you know he's <laughs> he's and these are like he's like man made this thing so he's he's pretty nuts and his voice acting totally conveys that but then he also has some really some complex emotions that his character isn't fully like aware of like self aware of and so he has to convey that as well which is difficult and I thought he did an incredible job and I thought Alberto was a great character um due in large part to the to the great voice acting by Jack Dylan Grazer. Wonderful. He was he was wonderful. Silencio Bruno uh, as they as they <laughs> say to quiet their uh, their inhibitions their their what if monsters if you will yes. to just go for it. Uh excellent choice. This this one was a difficult one but uh as I thought back through the movie and when I watched it for the second time with my kids because they loved it, the the voice that stuck out to me was Mr. Lorenzo Paguro. Yeah. Voiced by Mr. Jim Gaffigan. Jim Gaffigan. Dude, Jim Gaffigan has been on the scene longer than we can actually realize before he was the world's uh, favorite dad comedian slash just favorite comedian. Uh, his voice, when it comes through, the the uniqueness and the the specificity of uh of humor that he delivers he's just a person who knows exactly who he is and he's the guy at the dinner table that you come to that you're just ready to hear talk even if it's the saddest story because somehow it will sound funny and hilarious <laughs> because of just how he speaks and how he looks he's just full full rounded a comedian uh jim gaffigan's voice uh penetrates everything and his style his choices his delivery just make you want to come back for more him as the dad uh in this uh, almost uh if you watch this on social media we were talking about uh the best dads the best movie dads which <laughs> yeah. cam pointed out um uh who'd you point out again marlon Marlon Nemo's dad. Uh, he has a little bit of that fear in him. He's more of the laid back parent, but then he like kind of kind of freaks out. He's like, "Whoa, this world is big, and we can't have our son running around and and losing him in it." Uh, and as he he comes up above the water, we see him physically transform from a sea monster to a person, and he's not so laid back anymore. And I, th- I think we hear that very loud and clear from Jim Gaffigan. Uh, I mean, I-, I can't stop laughing every time he just opens his mouth. It's it's that simple. He's the scene stealer for me. Love it. That's a great choice. A great choice. We Some great, uh, a really great voice acting cast, including one of my favorite voice actors who we talked about a few weeks ago, Maya Rudolph, um, who is just the best. And also Emma Berman, uh, who 
was Julia. I thought she was great. And she has, this is her second credit ever. And her first one is like a tiny role in Corey Carson. So Corey Carson. Yeah. That's, that's another one. If you have kids, you, you've probably heard of that one, but she did great as Julia. I thought she was stellar. I thought all the voice acting was really, really, really well done in this movie. All right, let's move on to the more technical side of the film. Let's talk about um, Showstopper first, and then we'll get into director shoes. But my Showstopper, the thing that really blew me away, I mean, it's got to go to the art direction. I really think that Pixar has, for a long time, and this isn't a knock on them because I've often really enjoyed their films, they had a very particular look and feel to their movies, and I feel like they're departing from that a little bit. I feel like... um, Coco was probably the first time that it really started to look a little bit different, but even way more so when Onward came around. Onward was the first one that you saw and you were like, ooh, this is different. You know, this is a different Pixar. And I feel like they sort of stayed on that train with Soul and then now Luca. I loved the character design and I loved the landscapes and the textures and the colors that they brought to life in this film. It was very vibrant. <clears throat> very summary for a movie that came out in June. It was the perfect vibe, the perfect aesthetic, and it felt very Italy. For someone who's never been to Italy, it felt how it should feel to me, like as a dreamscape of a country, which is you know what these things are until you actually go and visit it, and and oftentimes in our memory as well. But I just thought it was I thought it was beautiful. I liked the um, sea monster design pretty well, but I loved the character design of the humans. And especially when the sea monsters would become humans, their like transformation into human form was really cool. And um, I don't know. I think this was one of the most aesthetically pleasing Pixar movies in a long time. I feel like it's up there with Up, which I think was a really aesthetically pleasing Pixar movie. And that was the one that it most reminded me of in terms of aesthetic, but it had its had its own feel and its own vibe. And I really dug that. I would love to get more artistic deviations from the mean, you know, uh, for, for Pixar to really see what their artists can do and to get different flavors and things like that. And, and this felt like a good step in that direction. So I loved it. Um, yeah, it's got to go to the art direction. My, my showstopper. Excellent, excellent. Mine goes uh, is it's very similar to that, but it goes specifically to the recreation of this town. So the director of this film, he he grew up in in I believe it is northern Italy, and he wanted to pay homage to that. You know, Luca is kind of reminiscent of his life. Alberto is very reminiscent of a relationship that he had in his life. And what if you watch this, there's a little extra on Disney Plus if you're in an adult file, not a parent controlled file. So be very Ooh. careful because we watch it on my file because I'm selfish and I wanted to have it, you know, run run its time. Then my son watched it on his his little file with his little uh, little Disney character and it wasn't there. So make sure if you're watching this to get this detail, go to the parent file or a master file, uh, user file and watch this. It's based off of a little town. I'm going to get this wrong. The Ligurian Sea uh, located in the province of Genoa in Italy. And what they do is they walk you through. They they did all of this like uh, handy cam stuff where they, what, where they went to this little town that inspired him. And it is, is insane little nuances like the how the where the buildings are um we have um 
uh, Emma Berman's character, uh, Julia, Julia, the house that she that she actually lived in really was basically in that same position in the real town in the city, just kind of turned just a little bit uh, just for aesthetics. Uh, the way the water actually uh, bubbles up underwater, they took special care to understand how long the bubbles lingered in the water and just the special care of uh, of. Uh, of research that they took into this is super important. Uh, I come from the theater, the theater background world with a theater degree in college. And uh, what I, what I always appreciated was my uh, two of my professors, the Wolskis, uh, David and Gene Wolski is they always researched heavily before they designed a set. And this just like struck my heart because everything that they recreated or altered from their source material was just done so beautifully and with such care. So I highly recommend go watch that. It's in the extras. Uh, you can watch them uh, do side-by-sides of Puerto Rosa and the town that it was inspired by, which I think is Puerto, uh, Puerto Reno. It's very close. Porto Fino, Porto I think, Fino. was the Porto was the real Fino, village. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. They have a... Um... They have a resort at Universal Studios called the Portofino Bay Resort, which is what this reminded oh. me of. And I had no idea that it was based off of that. Um, and I've never stayed there. I've just walked by it and uh, seen it. But uh, that's really cool. That's really, really cool. And, and yeah, it, I mean, it really just comes to life. And it's really cool that it's the town that he grew up in because, again, like I was talking about, that nostalgia factor just brings – an extra bit of color, you know, literally and figuratively to mm-hmm, your, mm-hmm. your imagination of these things. So that's, that's really awesome. All right, let's move to the other side of the coin and talk about director shoes and what we would have changed or what notes we have. For me, I think they got a little bit busy on the subplots and sort of like micro plots and things going on throughout the movie, because I felt like Alberto's whole plot line with his dad and how his dad just kind of disappeared was really underdeveloped and just kind of like came out of nowhere. Like you knew something was up with his dad, obviously, but they like don't really explore it at all. And then it's like, boom, here's what happened. And it's really quick and it feels somewhat insignificant. It's at some kind of a strange time in the movie. And so I felt like that was a little bit underdeveloped, but there are just a lot of different subplots going on with like, you know, he has this like really cool relationship with his grandmother that's not really explored. And then there's like the thing with, he's going to have to go live with his uncle, which is like talked about, but not like a ton. And then there's like Julia's mom who like apparently lives in the town over where she goes to school and she spends her summers in Puerto Rosso or whatever. So there's just a lot of different plot lines. Also Julia's dad who like, you know, it hates sea monsters and stuff like that. Like there's just so many different things that I didn't feel like they, totally explored to their credit. They explored all of the important things, but there were just a lot, there was a lot of um, fluff there that could have been either taken out or explored a little bit deeper or something like some stuff that either if it was going to be there needed to be explored more or, or just cut if it was, if it was not important. So that's, that's my main takeaway. Yes, yes, yes. That is very true. Very true. Um, 
I don't want to say the same things as you, but that's what struck me as well. I'll lean into the dream sequences because this mm-hmm. movie we've seen some. Uh, we've seen obviously all of the uh, the Lord and Miller uh, uh, animated movies, and then of course most recently Mitchell's vs. the Machines, and now Luca is is kind of like the most recent big animated movie from different studios. What I what I loved in this is the animation was kind of similar. They used mixed textures, mix, mixed techniques to give you a, a bigger depth, a more unique depth of storytelling. Uh, so that was prevalent in here. But what was what they could have done? What this movie could have leaned on was having these dream sequences that get abruptly stopped, like just shattered, uh, kind of uh, broken expectations. Uh, so as as these dream sequences start for Luca, they kind of they go for a long time and they kind of pop up out of nowhere too. Uh, I think those could have been reduced. I think they could have been um, maybe stricken all together, maybe just one dream sequence. Uh, I also think that there was a strange delay in introducing characters. So Julia's character, I think she was introduced way too late in the story. Uh, And those subplots, I think they were introduced way too late in the story to be like, wait, is this the way we're going? Um, the, The Vespa was... Uh, was a big deal uh, and then it, it was all of a sudden they were like but is that the biggest deal do you want us to think it's the biggest deal i'm fine if it is it could be a, a true like kids comedy we had spielberg do monster house which was a true uh kids horror movie so is this like a true kids comedy and the vespa is the ultimate goal in this like that's fine it never went there and i kind of wish it would have leaned into that a little bit more and would have had a true uh a true disney comedy for kids just like gut busting super silly and it's fine that it didn't but it was a little uh it was a little shaky on which direction it wanted to go pulled it all together like cam said but uh i wish they would have they would have held firm to which one uh in a stronger way yeah yeah i agree i agree with that um all right let's let's give our final thoughts on this movie i'll i'll kick us off there um i think luca is a strong a strong entry into the Pixar portfolio. I think it's definitely worthy of its, uh, you know, its its new partners in that in that catalog. You know, Pixar has made some of the most storied animated films of all time, some of the most successful animated movies ever. And I think sometimes a movie comes out and you're like, oh, that doesn't, that's not Pixar. You know, that doesn't meet that doesn't meet the mark. I definitely don't think this is one of those films. I feel like this one does meet the mark. But what I would say is this movie does have a a slight bit of an identity crisis. I think they get a little too busy with all of these different plot lines, like I said, and I think they're missing just like one good punch, you know, Mm -hmm. to really Mm -hmm. drive home the story, drive home the emotion, because the movie's funny, it's not hilarious. The movie's heartfelt, it's not, you know, super emotional, make you cry kind of thing, at least for me. And so I feel like while this movie was great, I think it has a decent amount of rewatchability, not extremely high rewatchability. It's just got a few things that hold it back from being a superb animated movie. That said, I still think it's a great animated movie. It's one that in my experience, and it sounds like in your experience, Kirk, kids really like. My, my son really enjoyed it, and it sounds like your kids enjoyed it, um, which is the ultimate goal. So that, So that's great, <laughs> right? It's not for, you know two 30 year old guys to, to (laughs) (laughs) talk about on a podcast. Like that's probably not their ultimate dream, but nonetheless, um, I think it's good. I just, I, I, and I I think it's even great, but I just don't think it is in the nines for me. So I'm giving it an 8.7 out of 10 kernels. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I think that's great. Um, yeah, this movie is easy to watch, uh, but and I'd watch it multiple times. But man, I tell you, Soul was on just constantly in our house when it came out. Uh, Inside Out, when my kids discovered it, constantly. This is not a movie that they have asked for after the second and a half viewing of it. Uh, it's there's nothing like you said. There's nothing heartbreaking or extremely heartwarming about it. It's not lukewarm, but it's not. It's not like a super easy, noticeable home run. Sorry, Soli just fell down. Uh, he he agrees with me. Oh, um, Soli. I, I just, uh, he's just fallen on the ground because my hands are full of popcorn for me to oh, give my, my, my score today <laughs> <laughs> for Luca. So I have in my hand 10, 10 kernels. Um, not all 10 will remain. I will tell you here. Nine. Eight. <laughs> This gets a seven and a half, seven point five kernels out of ten for right. Kirk for Luca. I like it. I like it a lot, and I think it is unfortunate that like I, I try hard not to compare it to the other Pixar films, but it's just sort of the natural thing to do, and I don't feel like it really impacted my score per se. But I do think that like for an animated film, not to say that it's easy, but like if you do it well, it can be really great because uh, of just the way the genre is, you know, like you'll notice that in a good animated movie gets really high critic scores. It just does because the, the, the subject matter is generally simpler. It's, it's easy to, to see. You can get really into the details on the creative aspect of it in these animated movies. And it's less bogged down by some of the complexities that bog down, like, major motion pictures that are live action, but this is a great one. It really is. It really is a great one. I just think it's, um, you know, it's not, it's not a tier on the pig. If you're putting it in Pixar list, I think it's like mid high B for me is what I would say. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. And speaking of Pixar, we're going to move out of our movie review. Now, just as a reminder, you can catch Luca on Disney plus you don't have to pay anything extra to watch it. It's included in your, subscription you've probably seen it in a little banner across the top if you've been in the app in the last week so just click on that if you want to check it out but we're going to continue to talk about pixar and more specifically pixar holistically all of it in our schoolyard pick which is starting right now schoolyard pick of pixar films these are disney and pixar films um kirk you get the first pick and uh no pressure but this is big this is big it is big because this is ridiculously hard. Yes. Um, because I would say I love almost all of these movies, almost all of them. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I mean, hold on one second. Oh, he's got a prop. This might be controversial. Okay. This doesn't mean it's number one. It just means I want to make sure you don't get this one. This one. Hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's on my desk he fell down a moment ago i must go you are a jerk you did that on purpose i know you did i, no, know I you didn't did. no i didn't i promise when when we are picking a movie for movie night we have a movie night every saturday night to rot our children's brains and it's if the kids choose monsters inc seven weeks in a row i'm down for it because there's there's something so special and so unique about the concept of this film and this world that 
I'm just angry sometimes that I didn't think of it first. And these characters are so specific and so well-rounded that you couldn't make this movie today. Uh, you just couldn't. I don't know why, but it, it was just it, it. Lightning struck, and everything worked for this movie. So it's got to be Monsters Inc. Man, that hurts. <laughs> that hurts. <laughs> that was like 100% going to be my first pick. It's oh, like. No. It's easy enough for me to just be like, all right, there's Monsters Inc. and then there's the rest. What else? I, th- that movie, for whatever reason, I you know, years ago, I don't know that I would have picked it as my favorite, but it's one of those movies that just sticks with you. And I think it's one of those yeah. things where, when people go to list their favorite Pixar movies, what I also often see people do is go, well, Toy Story has to be at the top, and then there's the rest. And I'm like, well, hold on now. Is Toy Story their most original idea? Because I would argue that Monsters, Inc. is actually their most original idea. That Toy Story was their first idea and one that everyone has sort of thought of, but they were the first ones to bring to life in film form, and therefore it's excellent. But Monsters, Inc., I think, is their most original idea. I really do. So I think that's an excellent pick. All right. You sorry. You really really (laughs) hurt me there, but... (laughs) After you said the whole thing about I'm going to figure out which one is your favorite, I was like, well, he's got a 1 in 24 chance. I doubt he's going to get it. And then you bust out Monsters, Inc. I was like, you jerk. Okay, I got I to gotta collect myself here because now my first pick is gone. All right, I'm going to go. You know what? This is another movie that's really risen up the ladder for me over the years. It's Finding Nemo. It's Finding Nemo. Excellent. I think Finding Nemo is stellar. The The... I remember that being the first movie that I saw where I was blown away by the art in a way that I never thought possible. The way that they captured the way the light comes into the ocean and the way that it holds up. I think that movie came out in 2004 and man, does it ever hold up? It looks spectacular. You know, sometimes you go back and watch toy story one or a bug's life or some of those early Pixar films. And you're like, Eh, they've come a long way. But this one, man, this one really, really looks good to this day. And it's got a great story, a great world. It's um, it's massively emotional, you know? And, and as you become a parent, it becomes even more emotional for you, actually, ironically, in a way. And the whole, all these side characters that are just incredible, Mr. Ray and Bruce and, and, and uh, <laughs> Anchor and Chum, the sharks, and you've got the uh the the pelican you know all these guys like just incredible side characters um it's a it's a great one i love finding nemo i think it's it's the it's that a plus tier of of pixar for me it is it is next up man i might I, i i got some i got something for you hang tight oh my gosh this guy Wow, did you just dump the entire cars bin? I did. I did. I will be regretting it uh, for the next hour as I pick them all up. <laughs> I have to go with cars. Uh, they're they're very they're very wonderful. Uh, we talk about world building all the time, and this is twofold. This everyone kind of also to the, to the same effect as Toy Story, right? Like everyone always kind of thought, like, what if your toys? Uh, what if we saw a movie where your toys came to life, right? But what if cars could talk and they had feelings and they had 
uh, but they were just cars. Like their bodies were still cars. And I, I think it's, it's an all timer. If you get a chance to go to Disneyland and go to cars world uh, to radiator Springs, it's absolutely mesmerizing what they've done in recreating the exact same world as we see in radiator Springs in the film. I mean, Toys have been around for so long, right? Since the beginning of time, so for kids to learn through play and uh, create. But how was this the biggest like thing? I don't know. Like my my kids have my son in particular has all of the cars, like every single one of them. He's got it uh, in its little steel die cast. So I just wonder. Is will there be anything as big as that in relation to toys besides Toy Story and besides cars? Can they do it again uh, in some other way, either with Pixar or, or with Disney? I mean, every kid that I know who grew up during a specific era, you know, born after like 2005, let's say, went through a cars phase. Yeah. Every one of them. They all know who Lightning McQueen is. They all, they all know it. And... It's just, yeah, for, for whatever reason. And, and part of the reason is that cars, kids are naturally drawn to cars. They're like, lots of toys are made in cars forms, you know, a large amount of cars. I'm going to, I'm going to mute Kirk. So we don't have to listen to him clean up all the cars that are on his lap, but all of the cars are like, like every kid has and plays with cars. I feel like to some extent. And so the fact that this is like a world with characters and all of that in car form makes it really easy. Like my kid constantly plays with cars, has all these like Mario Kart, hot wheels, has all the cars, toys, like loved this movie just based on that. So yeah, I feel like it's one of those things. Um, and I don't know that they'll ever come up with anything that's more, that's more groundbreaking or more popular with kids. It's, it's hard to imagine them doing that. All right. I'm going with my second pick, and it's gonna be a toughie. It's gonna to be a toughie. Though Cars was not on my list, so that's that makes it a little bit easier for me. Okay, okay. I am gonna go with here. Here's my surprise pick for you. I'm gonna go with Toy Story Two. I'm gonna go with Toy Story Two, which I think I've already said on this podcast. I I don't know if I have or not, but I believe it to be the superior Toy Story movie, actually, because I think, like I said. Toy Story 1, from an execution standpoint, immaculate. Truly immaculate. The characters they created, everything. But the um, level of difficulty on Toy Story 2 was much higher because they had to create a new plot line, something that's equally as engrossing and as high stakes as the first one. You know, the first one was the move. This one was, you know, Woody, like, being stolen and then being like going off to this museum with these new characters. They, they seamlessly introduced new characters. They created yes. conflicts and they so masterfully flipped the page from Woody saving buzz to buzz saving Woody and buzz helping Woody to get a grasp on what it means to be a toy versus the first time around where it was like beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. I loved it. Um, and I still, I still think it's the best Toy Story movie of them all. And I know people will freak out about that because pe people love Toy Story one, but I think Toy Story two is, is the actually the best one out of the Toy Stories. Yeah. It's one of those, uh, you know, we often rate sequels. Uh, are they better than the original? And this would be in that category. I agree. Toy Story two was on my list. 
Touche, sir. You have defeated me. Gotcha. Uh, I mean, that 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 has all the toys, all the variations of toys. Look at all these potato heads uh, for Star Wars. It, it's incredible. I, I just I can't get enough of Toy Story. Even even in um, you know people have issue with uh, as they go along with their staying power, but I still think one through four are all still solid. But two, it's up there. It's yeah, it's probably it is number one. Yeah. Nice. What's your third pick? My third pick is going to be Wally. Ooh, Wally. That's right. That's right. I don't have a Wally toy. I apologize. Uh, I once dressed up as Wally uh, for Halloween. So maybe I can dig that up sometime soon. But Wally, I it was fascinating to uh, see that movie in the theater to uh, to make a movie with very little dialogue. Uh, with for most of the movie, probably for the first 45 minutes, it's just mm-hmm. them saying each other's names, Wally, Eve, Eva. It's it's pretty impressive to keep a kid's attention span for five minutes with a full in-your-face uh, streaming movie, whatever it might be. But to do that is really impressive and it still does this the same thing. So uh, I've seen kids uh, I've seen kids that are my kids age that just sit there and are glued to it. I've seen kids that are younger than them, uh, ba- babies who are like two like 3 years old watching this for the first time and it gets them. It gets them. I think it was really fantastic. I think it's fabled or or maybe is true that this was the very first idea for Pixar to come out as, but they didn't actually execute it first, uh, which was also a good move on their part. So Wally I know some people they just think it's boring, but I'm I'm a big fan. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good pick. Was not on my top five list, but that just makes it easier for me, right? That just makes it, <laughs> makes it easier for me. But that's a good one. Yeah, I I we showed this one. We've been kind of like cycling through the movies, and this this Wally was one of the ones where Marshall saw it and was just like, you know, kind of kind of captured by it because i think because the lack of dialogue he's like what's going on here i gotta figure this out it was almost (laughs) it was almost more fun that way because he's got to kind of put the pieces together and see what's happening through context it's pretty smart it's pretty smart yes okay my next pick um this is an easy one for me i'm going with the incredibles this is my third pick the incredibles i love the incredibles i i love especially that first movie though i thought the second movie was really good as well um but the first movie is great. It's, you know, great superhero origin story, super family. Um, I wish their suits, I, I don't like their suits that much. I just wish they had, wow. they all had their own look, you know, a little bit. I get that it's like a Fantastic Four type of thing. That's my only gripe against the movie. Like, I wish there was like different variants for like Dash and Violet and, and whatever. But I get that they're like a family and a team and whatever. But love the Incredibles, love the characters in there. Um, really like the um the family how they weave the family dynamic into it and they capture these like great family moments like talking while you're brushing your teeth and like arguing in the middle of like something important or like while you're arguing something goofy happens that you have to deal with like they just captured it so so beautifully and i believe the writers um of the movie are a married couple if i remember correctly and so that's part of the reason that it has that really genuine feel as they wove that stuff into it. But still to this day, the Incredibles is one of the great ones. I absolutely love those characters. So good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, my next pick, is this my number four? Is that correct? Four, yep. I'm going to go with Inside Out. Ooh, Inside good one. Inside Out. Uh, 
movie we showed i think that this movie is one of the few movies on pixar that you actually have to wait for an age range because it's so in-depth uh that it it just there's so it's so dialogue heavy um that it, it to understand it at a level of like a two-year-old when we watched it with my son uh it's just not all there uh, but now he's seeing it as a seven and a half year old and he's like oh Oh, this is this is much more fascinating. You know, he doesn't get up and walk out of the room. Inside Out just really, really took took uh, Pixar to a whole nother level. They had already been dealing with uh, emotions, both adult and kid emotions, but this one just gave them full, uh, just like branded them in in such a specific way, thanks to Pete Doctor and and the whole creative team. So super happy that this movie exists. Uh, super uh, excited to see more movies like this exploring those. Just like we talked at the top of the show, it feels like like a mini therapy session for kids. Like uh, they they hold on to something that that's like a truth with your emotions, and they kind of deliver it to you. Uh, it's kind of like scrolling through TikTok, and you're like, yeah. Yeah, that is some good advice. I'm gonna, I'm gonna listen to that. I'm gonna listen to that. Uh, so those are some, those are some really fun, some fun times uh, in this movie. In addition to the emotional roller coaster they take you on. Yeah, definitely. That's a great pick. That's an underrated film, man. It really is. I feel like you're, you're picking a lot of the deep cuts, man. These are like things that people don't immediately go to. But Inside Out is super underrated. I, I love that movie, and I will cry like a baby. Every time Riley comes home from running away, it just kills me. And Bing Bong, holy Bing Lord. Bong. They are so wrong for that, Pixar. Oh, that was so messed up. That was way too emotional With when Bing Bong says, take her to the moon for me. It's just like, yeah, yeah. stab right in the heart. Let's try one more time. And you know, you know that I he's know. just going to. He's gonna... just going to sacrifice himself. Oh, oh man. It's brutal. Dude. It is absolutely brutal. It's so messed up. I'm going to cry just sitting here talking about it. Okay. Man, this is so hard, Kirk. This is so hard. There's going to be some really great movies left on the sidelines just because of the nature. That's the nature schoolyard pick, man. It's not for the yes. faint at heart. You got to make the got to make the decisions. My next pick, my fourth pick. I'm going with Coco. I'm going with Coco. I love it. Actually, when Kirk joined the stream today, I was just randomly singing Un Poco Loco from, yes. from Coco, like that arrangement of it. And uh, <laughs> yeah, you're welcome, Kirk, for that for that concert. I'm sure it, was it was good. <laughs> I hope you were recording early because it was really good. I was impressed. <laughs> I was not, but I still I sing that song all the time. So I'll just have to record it one of these times. Um, I think Coco... Is, is one of these movies, I saw it in theater and I didn't really know what to expect with it and um, was just blown away by the world that they created. I loved the cultural tie-ins with um, Mexico's Dia de los Muertos. Um, it's, it's such a great message of, you know, keep people in your heart even when they're gone. Like that's the, how, you know, looking back to your ancestors and where you came from is important to know who you are. Mm-hmm. Man, that's great. That's a great message and and helps kids kind of deal with death too, which I think is cool because coping yeah. with death is one of the hardest things that any human being has to deal with, but it does so in such an effortless way and you know makes you really think about like your legacy and how people will think about you after. Man, it's just it's it's a great message. It's a great world when they go into that city over the bridge that's like made out of those petals and it's like the city of the dead. Man, it's such mm-hmm. a great 
such a great look. And then they have the spirit guides, which are like all colorful, um, like Dante when he becomes the spirit guide and he's like that dog with little wings on him. Um, and then the music Pixar doesn't often delve into the musical world very often. This was really their first big foray into it. And then, you know, soul, which was music of a different type, not vocal music, but more like performance music. Um, but Coco had, had a few good songs in it. So that was them branching out. And, and I just love that movie. I think it's, I think it's really, really excellent. Wonderful. All right. Last pick Kirk. Last pick. This one hurts this, the, who I have to leave out on this one, but I gotta say it, it tugged my heartstrings so hard. It's gotta be soul, uh, coming yeah, in man. as the, as the last one in my in my fiver my five picker my picker of fives whatever you want to call it i'm gonna stop talking soul gave us something that uh, much like coco we had you know the 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 hispanic the latina latino afterlife what that looks like and then we had another version of that uh what 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 potentially the great beyond uh would look like and interpret that whichever way that you need to and, and would like to uh this this world of uh of just again intention and specificity in a movie makes it so much more vulnerable makes the risk bigger and when it works it works and it worked with soul in such an amazing way uh, i never i never thought that again as a 30 year old man i would be learning from cartoons uh, and this is exactly what what these people are, are going after uh not not really they're probably going after kids trying to open up their their horizons and really make them critically think about these these bigger issues or really help them connect the dots and they do it so easily uh, that it's just easy to watch easy to watch and so like you said the the, the construct uh, the the jazz music music going into this is just so easy to watch i'm still on the hunt for a vinyl record of soul uh so i could play it in my house because it was available right away and now i can't find it anywhere and i should have bought it because having that on in the background would just be really nice and suddenly i'm a th- i'm now from a 30 year old man i'm a 70 year old man wanting to listen to jazz on my vinyl <laughs> record player in my living room <laughs> yes it's a great choice it's one of the more recent films but man it just quickly rocketed its way up to the upper echelons of pixar such a great movie and, and an excellent pick um i gotta say it man i'm leaving toy story on the board it's hard it's just and, and it's solely because I just wanted to pick one Toy Story film. I didn't yes. want to be like Toy Story 1, Toy Story 2. Those would have been the ones that I would have picked. Um, but this one is this one is up there as well, and I feel like this is an under-the-radar pick. I'm going with Onward. I yes. loved Onward. I When I saw it, I was surprised with how much I loved it. I loved that story of brotherhood. I thought the voice acting was stellar. I thought the artwork was unique and different. I liked the world building. I liked all of it. And it made me cry like a baby as well, which is always the key for these like upper tier Pixar movies. And yeah, I thought it was great. Tom Holland, you know, Octavia Spencer, Julia Louis Dreyfus, Chris Pratt, incredible voice acting talents on that movie. And um, yeah, as someone as as a dad of two boys, I think that one hits a little bit closer to home because that's sort of the whole message of that movie. And um, yeah, it was it was pretty intense. I t- took my wife to see that movie while she was pregnant with our second son, and she was an absolute disaster by the end. <laughs> by the end of the movie, I was I felt so bad. I was like, I didn't know, I didn't know. Uh, but she loved it too. So 
it's one that we rewatch actually pretty frequently. And it's only just over a year old, so it's it made a big impression on me. But yeah, I'm going with Onward for my fifth and final pick in our Disney and Pixar schoolyard pick. Yes, what I love about Onward, it kind of marks a big point in time in our in our lives, especially too, uh, because it was the last movie I saw in theaters yep, before COVID hit. Because yep. uh, the very next week that was everything yep. was shut down and then uh then around easter they're like we're releasing it early to, to, to disney plus which thank goodness because yeah that the rewatchability on that is huge you could turn it on anytime it's wonderful absolutely absolutely yep that was fun schoolyard pick of pixar films let your hot takes fly right at us i know that people have them i know that we left some big movies off the list up ratatouille toy story one most of the sequels got left off of the list yes <laughs> gotta i've got them all shuffling through bins of toys on a live <laughs> broadcast it's so loud anyway wait that was fun i but i guarantee people are screaming right now like <laughs> ratatouille how dare you toy story one what in the world and i know people people love all of them okay so just let just let it all out. Vince, to us. Let us know all your hot takes. I want to hear them. Um, we'll post this on social so you guys can play along. It's fun. It's a fun game. But that's all we've got for you today. But we do have a lot of other stuff going on. Loki, episode three, um, this is on the way. And technically, by the time that this airs in podcast form, it will be out. So our, our series, Spilled Popcorn, which takes place in podcast form and also video form is available on YouTube and on your podcast providers where we deep dive into each episode, talk about everything that's going on. We talk about what we think is on the way. We speculate a little bit and give you some analysis. So that's been a lot of fun. This show's off to a rocking start. Can't wait to see tomorrow's episode. Maybe I'll wake up early. I doubt it because my schedule is all thrown off like I talked about earlier. Um, but I want to check it out. Kirk, we got a Discord server. We'd love for you guys to connect with us on Discord. The links are in the description, whether you're listening or whether you're on the stream, you can connect with us there. We're going to be doing this again next week because we do it every week. And that mm -hmm. movie, if you want to get ahead on your homework assignment, is going to be Fast and the Furious 9. Or is it, what is it? Is it called F9? Is it called Fast and the Furious 9? I think Kirk, it's, help me out. I think it's F9. And I'd really like to know what that is on the computer keyboard. I think it's like opening mail, <laughs> like on Outlook. Oh, it's like an correct. Easter egg. Yes, it's actually there's going to be a secret letter uh, <laughs> that uh, that ludicrous opens. Where's it at? F9 somewhere. Huh? These, huh? Yeah, there it is. <laughs> the, yeah, this this is these names, dude. I, like I'm, I'm I can't wait to see the movie. I'm excited about it. I'll, just honestly, but these names, I think I think the official title, I just looked it up. F9, the fast saga, which I'm like, <laughs> hold on now. This is one movie in a series of what's going to be 11 films, according to the director. So how is this one, The Fast Saga? Saga, to me, means multiple films. I don't, I don't understand. Like, I'm confused by this. Yeah, the whatever the title of the 11, let's say it's uh, uh, The Final Story, and it'll have a question mark <laughs> on it, just, just to be like... Leave the door open. No, and you then know? you got you got Vin Vin Diesel this week being like, "Hey, there could be a Don Don Pareto uh, solo film." I'm like, "Stop it! Stop! You you just you've done it. You've won. You've conquered the world. You've got an eleven film series. You've got a spinoff in Hobbs and Shaw. Just like, please, please stop." They wanted 
they want to do for action movies what Police Academy did for comedic <laughs> films. And let's Seriously. remember, they didn't get better. Let's just remember. That. No, that's right. They didn't. They didn't get better. Um, <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, we're going to be checking that out. I'm going to try to check it out in IMAX because there is a um, Jurassic World Dominion special preview what? that they're only showing before F9 on IMAX, if I remember correctly. So I'm going to try to get my hands on that. I don't know if Marcus Theater's Ultra Screen screen counts. I don't think it does. They don't call it IMAX. But anyway, I'm going to have to figure that out. So that's what we'll be reviewing. But hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you do, don't forget to rate, review, like, and subscribe. We are in the middle of a huge month of downloads. You guys have been supporting us so well. Thank you, thank you, thank you um, for doing so. And other ways you can help is just by engaging with us on social media and uh, rating and reviewing our podcast. It would would go a long way. But that's all we got for real this time. That's all we got. We're going to give a special thanks to our executive producer, Ryan Spriggs. And we're also going to give special thanks to Rhetoric, the band that created our original music, which you're hearing right now. Check them out anywhere you can stream music. We'll talk to you later. See ya. See ya.